Welcome to a Delco Nerd Network Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Rigucci, and this is Replay, Relive, and Re-Experience, or as we like to call it, Rethies, where you guessed it, we do all three of those things to our favorite video game franchises. In this edition of Rethree, we will be replaying, reliving, and re-experiencing Halo, starting with Combat Evolve and ending with Halo 5 Guardians in anticipation for, you guessed it, Halo Infinite. Here to go on Master Chief Saga with me. As always, Chris Trio and Chris Geddes. Guys, it's been a minute. What's it's up? It's been like a month. Yeah. Jeez. It's yeah. good to see you guys. Yeah, yeah, you as well. I mean, you know, we're, we're back in action. Uh, we're here to have fun. We're here to talk some Halo 3 ODST. ODST. Episode nice. 18. Yeah. We're going to be talking the introduction to Halo, uh, Halo ODST as we, as we usually done with the other three games. And then we're going to be doing our cutscene level, prep, prepare to drop, and the first part of Mombasa Streets. We'll talk about that as we get into it because this game is structured a little bit differently than the other Halo games. Um, so let's get into it. Halo ODST's development. Development, development. I don't know why I did that. I'm going <laughs> to cut that out. No, it was good. I like it. Keep it. And I'm going to keep referencing it so you can't cut it well, out. Well, <laughs> maybe I'll cut out the what and, uh, and I just can't now. Just let it go. It's in. I like it. It's in. It's in. Yeah. All right. So much of ODST's development team started work on director Peter Jackson's Halo Chronicles video game during the production of Halo 3. However, the failure of a Halo film adaptation and the subsequent cancellation of Chronicles meant a, a sizable team no longer had a project. Around the same time, production for Reach began, and Bungie realized that there was a window of time for a studio to create a new product. What, Chris, what producer Curtis Creamer... Nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Described as two to three hour mini campaign. After looking at the proposal and the budget, studio head Harold Ryan gave the go ahead. With a game engine already assembled, the team began honing the concept. Bungie was interested in bringing changes to the classic Halo format, uh, which had remained essentially unchanged for over three games. The developer spends weeks considering which characters they wanted to focus on. Having players control previous protagonists, such as Master Chief or Arbiter, would have brought would, would have brought with would have brought with it story baggage and expectations. At one point, they considered making a game, making the game a Covenant-themed story about an elite strike force. Instead, developers looked at the human characters. While they considered Avery Johnson, of course, how could you not? They settled on the ODSTs. The ODSTs have always been fan favorites. Bungie community director Brian Gerard, 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 yeah, yeah, about right. Gerard explained. Um, we never really got inside the ODSTs. The story director Joseph uh, Staten said, uh, and then he and he saw that the game as an opportunity to flesh out the black armored soldiers. Um, Making the player an ODST required gameplay ch uh, changes to preserve the classic Halo gameplay formula while branching it in new directions. The addition of silenced weapons and revamped pistols were attempts to split the functionality of Halo 2 and 3's battle rifle weapon and give, and give the ODSTs unique armaments. The sound designers increased the loudness of the game's submachine gun to make it feel more powerful. The health mechanism was added to provide a level of tension and it reminded you that you are vulnerable Staten said. So guys, just based off of that, like 
If you like, I guess if you were like cold turkey, like if you had to do a Halo spinoff, what would you do? I don't think the ODSTs are a bad option. I, I not at all. no, I think it was a great. I, looking back, I don't really remember talking about them much like myself when I was like playing. I guess I don't, but like, it is a genius kind of in. I I think the Halo Covenant Strike Force or the the Covenant, Covenant Strike, Strike Force idea is like kind of reaching a little bit. And yeah, it would have been cool. I would have been all for I that. I actually would have. Yeah, it would have been interesting. Like, there's it's just like, nothing it's, there. Like, yeah. what do we know? Like, what what unit of the elites do we know about that that yeah, could have been about? True. And it's like weird to. Yeah, I don't know. You'd almost have. Yeah, you're right. Right. I it's agree. a stretch. It's like now we have to develop a lot of lore where the ODSTs kind of mythos is already there. They don't have to do much. I mean, they really don't. They give you a explanation at the beginning of the game, and that's pretty much it. You don't really need much more than that. Mm -hmm. uh, you've seen the ODSTs in the field. You kind of like understand, or at least know what they look like based on their helmets. So I think that's like really all, all they needed. Absolutely, I think they went a good route for I think, a spinoff game. I agree. I mean, especially just with the idea of being able to break out into all these different weapons and stuff, it's a good little slight slide in. I like. Uh, I feel like the game's message is basically like, you're not a Spartan. You're you're a human. Like you're not a superpower. You can you can be like great as a normal human being, not a super soldier. Right. Oh, absolutely. And I just I love it. I, I like love it too. Game. And seeing like this kind of like the most advanced a human could get in their military, basically, yeah. it, right. it's interesting. But as, aside as elite, from as elite as you can get, as yep. a regular human being, yeah. right, as mm -hmm. a non-Spartan combatant, with the main characters in place, the development team had to decide on a setting. The events that unfolded on Earth is something the fans still clamor for after being shortchanged in Halo Two. Gerard said, "Fans wanted to know what happened back on Earth, how humanity was defending it. New Mombasa's urban environments fit the intended feel of the game." As Bungie felt that the change of protagonists required a change in location. We know the kinds of problems Master Chief solves, uh, Staten explained. He goes to ancient alien ring artifacts, fights galaxy-consuming parasitic alien monster, and destroys alien empires. The ODST, they maybe take smaller parts in the larger struggle. But the kinds of fights that you, they usually get into are usually the kinds of fights they can tackle in a day. Returning, returning to a previous setting offered artists new challenges and opportunities to expand the scope of the city. Having a player walk through the streets at night inspired a film noir ambience. Color shifts and high degree of contrast pushed the game's look beyond what previous Halo's games had offered. But the team had to make sure that the even darker portions of the city were playable. The entire core development team looked at commission concept paintings to decide how lighting schemes would affect gameplay. The genre also inf influenced uh, the characters' names and archetypes. The player character, for example, fits the concept of a lone, hard-boiled detective. To increase depth of the uh, to increase depth of the surroundings, Bungie added touches uh, such as advertisements, trash collectors, and civilian versions of previously seen military hardware. Bungie began development of ODST in March 20... I was going to say 20, like, 08. 2008. March 2008. ODST was first Bungie... ODST was the first Bungie titled complete... ODST was the first Bungie title completed in less than three years, as production lasted 14 months. That's short for a yeah. fucking game. Oh, That's not long at all. Um, since the team numbered around 70 plus five additional core design group um, had such a small window for development, they had to prioritize features, uh, for example, rather than completely redesigning the enemies. 
Uh, a lot of reused assets here, which I guess is understandable. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Uh, only, a, only a small new subset of artificial intelligence behaviors were added because the game featured an open world different from most of the Halo missions. Certain gameplay tweaks, such as the revamped weapons and an overhead map, were necessary. Whereas in a traditional Halo game, the designers would know from what location players would approach groups of enemies. ODST would require a different strategy. We had to make sure the groups of Covenant patrolling the city would react to wherever you attack from and look intelligent doing it, Creamer said. Though the game engine remained unchanged, graphical enhancements such as a, a full-screen shader system and parallax mapping added greater detail for realism. The Firefight game mode uh, was a late addition to the game. Staffer Tim Williams built a prototype shortly after Halo 3 shipped, placing the player in a portion of Halo 3's campaign map fighting enemies. Um, when, de when development commenced on ODST, Williams' concept was adopted for the game and refined. Designer Lars Backen described one, one, one advantage of the game mode as providing a more friendlier multiplayer environment than hardcore online players. Uh, the designer reused the, the campaign scoring and metal system from Halo 3 and added a competitive edge. So this was kind of like Gears, Gears 2... E I'm trying to think of Gears 3 came out. Anyway, Gears 2 and 3 horde modes out. Yeah. And, like, Firefight is, like, the second, like, Bungie, I feel like, is the second studio to, like, incorporate the horde mode, which mm -hmm. is in, like, a lot of games now. Definitely. Um, and I, I think Firefight was cool. Does it stick around? Like, what game is it in now besides, like, Halo or... Like, a or, horde mode? Yeah. I think you... Like, I'm trying to think. Like, it's, um, I feel it's Halo and Gears. No, right? it's in a lot of games. Does Destiny have anything like it? I mean... Destiny's always always been a, a survival horde game where you're always true. I so you got me you got me off the top no, of my head. No, no, I'm just I didn't even mean like truly. I'm just trying to think like those. I feel like are the Bullet two. Storm. Didn't Red Dead just add? Uh, they just did actually. That's very mode? true. Yeah, I just it, Bullet Storm did it. Yeah, but it, but I'm saying like current day. <laughs> I don't like Bullet Storm. Like, I I, th I think it exists. No, I, again, I just don't think it's. I don't think it's as prevalent as maybe as like other game modes for sure. I would say. But it definitely started that genre of gears, at least. But continue, I'm sorry. So we're going to... Uh, this is just for some context. This is about the terminals, which we're not going to talk about because oh. you, you get them. You can get them very out of order. There's mm -hmm. 30 of them. Like, there's no oh, way geez, we can... Right. right. Yeah. It's like a, it's a it's a narrative. So this yeah. is going to be about that. Sadie's story was created by Fourth Wall Studios in partnership with Staten and an artist Ashley Wood. Ashley Wood actually worked on a few Metal Gear Solid games and like comics. Just really? a heads up, yeah. Uh, Fourth Wall Studios was formed by former Bungies of 42... Uh, former Bungies. Former members of 42 Entertainment who produced the highly successful I Love Bees alternate reality game to promote Halo 2. No idea what that's talking about. Recalled... Uh, Staten recalled, we realized that in Halo, we do a pretty good job of describing the clash of these military industrial complexes, but it really is the soldier story. Halo 3 ODST offered a chance to take a look at an unexplored civilian story. And this is a, this is a last big chunk. By December 2008, the game was re- Representational. Thank you. Representational, meaning that players could experience the game from start to finish, albeit in an unfinished state. The entire Bungie staff was pulled from other duties to play through the game and offer feedback. Among unfinished elements was the lack of finished dialogue delivered by voice actors in which Staten filled in placeholder audio. The entire game was completed just before the presentation at E3 in 20, 
Again, the 2009. Yeah, t- 2009. <laughs> Bungie's audio director, Martin O'Donnell, and his partner, Michael Salvatore, you know, have been doing our soundtrack since the first game, uh, composed the music for ODST. This is a, a big one. We're definitely going to talk about the music a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, in contrast to Halo's signature Gregorian chant, there is no choral music in ODST. Uh, or choral? Choral? Choral. Choral? No, yeah, right, choral. Yeah. Uh, and in no previous And no previous Halo themes make a return or appearance. Due to ODST's shift uh, to, a, to a new protagonist, O'Donnell wanted to create new music that was uh, evocative of Halo, but branched in a different direction. Because the game tells a human story, not a cyborg story, O'Donnell said, the score is more intimate and personal. For the rookies' rain-slicked investigations, O'Donnell felt that a jazz-influence approach worked best in the echoing... Uh, in best, worked best in echoing the noir atmosphere. Is this Other- snake jazz? Is that what that's called? <laughs> no, sure. no. Did you see the Rick and Morty? The Rick and Morty. No. They they watched that episode. Over my head. Rattlesnake Rick Lactica, I think, is the one. But continue. Other characters did not have any themes written specifically for them, but became paired with the motifs that suited them. Yeah, Halo ODST's music is like on a fucking another level. Oh, absolutely! It's so good. Deference, for, really, deference yeah, for I'm darkness. Not gonna lie, yes. I really did not notice it. Really? I really, I don't know. Like, I don't even mean that in a way of like I thought it was, but like I just didn't even really take. Every note. time you get out of a flashback, a like a so version I did of deference for darkness plays. So, Neon Knight. My, I started the game and I got to like I did box thing, but it didn't reload my save. So I just started back from like the third level, like in the like in the progress, because they were all done. So I just did. It was annoying. I couldn't press resume. Well, I could only go to the level. So I finished uh. Buck's thing. So, but then I just had to go to like new Mavasa yeah. streets. After well, no, Buck. no, no. You just I did the next one. The, the, what's the, what's the last one? Uh, this uplift reserve. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. I literally just started on that. Mission it's probably right. not a bad no. way to do well, it. Well, I was actually thinking about literally so I can just easily, like, just backing out and just yeah, starting yeah. each level from that so that way I don't do them out of order. Yeah, there's a... F- I guess, but there is stuff in between do, that you can not mess... like, there's some, like, Easter eggy cool things we're going to talk about, but I wouldn't say it's, like... Or you can, like, walk on like, the street, like, that you would see on the streets, Right, like, like nothing vital happens in those parts. No. All right, well, yeah. it might, because I might... It just seemed a lot easier than, like, trying to figure out the exact... I, but does it point you to just every next person in a row that we are doing no you can find the other are, ones out of order okay yeah. okay that's, cool. that's why i was like this but is, is the there a marker it. to the one that you should go to next is that how um, it works there, i think they're marked on the map all of them like are marked the, yeah, and you yeah. can just go sure yeah. okay yeah that makes but sense. i was just like if you can do them out of order chances are like if i don't say it like yeah no i think it's good. i think no, i still wound up doing it the right way and i totally forgot the order yeah um, so before we kind of move into the game, guys, what uh, did you play ODST back? Hated in the day? it the first time I played it. I didn't understand what I was playing. Didn't feel like Halo. I was very confused. Wow. I, I saw Halo Three ODST. I was like, "What is happening?" And then I gave it another go, probably a couple months later, and I like really appreciated it a lot more. And I realized what it was doing. And I just I didn't understand where I like I didn't understand that I was supposed to be going to these different helmets and experience. Like I just didn't quite grasp for some reason. What? what was going on? It was not it's linear. A change of pace, and yeah. I didn't totally realize different. it was like in New Mombasa. I yeah. didn't realize like the like where we were. It, it was just confusing to me for some reason. First time I experienced it. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. I I definitely was thrown off at the beginning because 
the way your character moves and like you crouch it's your very weak it's a and different you throw feel. grenades yeah. like you throw Shorter. them so yep yeah. so it's like that's back to like you're not a Spartan you're not you're, as you're weighty human. Yep. no you yeah. definitely are mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of gameplay changes that, that we kind of talked about that like, you really do feel different like it's you don't feel like Master Chief yeah Um. this was a game I got the Christmas it came out I remember like on Christmas break that year playing through the campaign and then doing firefight and fuck guys those firefight achievements back in the day holy shit were bitch they and hard. A half. yeah bitch and a half and i think there's an annual achievement in odst that is not in the master chief collection thank god but like well because firefight isn't but oh my god firefight was a pain i i slaved to get those I feel uh, like a lot like that's the one thing with those game modes especially with you with achievements i can only imagine gears like five. gears and Ugh. shit yeah like god bless you God bless you, indeed. It, like it's, it's like it, it's not. It's just, it, nah, yeah. There are sometimes where there's, no, there's no, it's hard. There to are sometimes where you're explaining an achievement to me. I'm like, Gucci, you know you you don't have to do this, right? Like, <laughs> no, I, but I want to. <laughs> I'm like, I you're torturing it. yourself. <laughs> Last thing before we jump into ODST, we got to talk about one piece of marketing that came out of ODST, the We Are ODST trailers, which kind of shows us. Uh, this sort of progression of a soldier sort of becoming an ODST, and it's fucking epic. He's named. He is? Yeah, his name's Tarkov, and that's the only mention of him in anything. I went on the wiki. Hmm. Oh, yeah, in the trailer he's yeah, the name. The trailer, I thought you yeah. meant, like, oh, like, he's in other stuff. Oh, no, th- this is the only time he's ever mentioned. Yeah, and he's, like, Russian or something. I thought it's no. Hungarian. Oh, is he? Yeah, because people th- speculate that he's from Reach, because a lot of people on Reach spoke Hungarian. That was, like, the main language on Reach. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I love, like, yeah, the music and, like, you know, the shave in the head. And, yeah. And, like, it's like a typical, like, boot camp thing. I feel like by the time there was, like, a one-world government, they'd be like, no, this is the this is the language. You know? Like, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe <laughs> not. I don't know. But to make things, like, I feel, like, easier. No, I don't know. How what what years are the Halo set in? Twenty five fifty two. Oh right wow. now. So it's like fifty five like five hundred fucking years ahead. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Continue. Well, uh, do you have any thoughts on the trailer? I thought it was good. I thought it was interesting. I I, I watched a piece of it, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't get to see the whole thing. But I, I think Halo I didn't need to watch it. Oh yes, yeah, I mean they're live action trailers. It's tough for me to find one for Halo where I'm like, that was bad. Oh, on yeah, Bungie. But they really they, they seem to nail those. Their live well. action trailers are even the great. Halo Five ones were, yeah. were great. Yeah. It was fun. My roommate was talking to me, he's like, How is Halo 5's like campaign? I was like, hmm. We'll talk about it at some point. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, I'll get to it. Yeah. That, that replay is going to be interesting. I'm very curious. That's uh, going to yeah. be really the most interesting one is Halo 5. Like, I'm, I, I'm going in 100% blind for the most part. And neither me and Trio have, like, you know, I, I can't haven't touched this to since 5. I played that. Right. played it the first time, probably. Right. I just remember the boss. Well, I've said it a thousand times. I just remember the Promethean fights, the big boss fights or whatever. I was about to sing like, oh, my, oh, <laughs> oh, that song is uh, yeah the, I love the, that yeah, okay, the, yeah the battle isn't rifle one? shots and then and then he grows up and he like gets the Otis T flag they're doing like, like a puts funeral in his arm and he's like yeah and then it's they so like good. fucking he puts the helmet on whoosh, the visor, the visor. that's my uh, Discord banner yeah I saw that, that. Yeah. I saw that that was sweet yeah <laughs> but we've talked about the ODST in Halo Two and I don't think in Halo Three but they're there I know we talked about them in Halo Two. So who are the Orbital Drop Shock Troopers? They are a special operations-capable organization of the UNSC Marine Corps that specialize in orbital drop shock infantry and specialize uh, and, and special war tactics. The ODST are one of the primary special operations unit of the United 
Nation Space Command and are under supervision of the Naval Special Warfare Command. ODST uh, Primary HQ is located on Kenosha, Mars. Hmm. Interesting. While the concept of dropping human soldiers from orbit had been around since the mid 21st century, the first iterations of the ODST were established in, weren't established until 2129. One of the names of these iterations were drop uh, drop jet platoons. Officially, the Orbital Drop Shock Trooper came into being in 2163. On November 1st, 2525, the UNSC moved a full alert status after the devastating, horrifying first contact with the Covenant at Harvest. This marked a change in objectives for the ODST, who up until that point had been fighting the insurrectionists, just like the Spartans. As, as, the human, as humanity's military turned to meet the threat of the Covenant, divisions of ODST prepared to participate in the most critical engagements in the war, and also to conduct the riskiest missions in the history of mankind. Um, so, kind of think about that, too. The Spartans get wiped. I mean, the Spartans are interacting for 25 years of the war. Or 52, yeah. About, uh, like, 18? No. Yeah, 18. 25, 52? No, 30, 25-ish years of the war. And then they get wiped out. But it seems like the ODST are, like... The Spartans are sent on missions, but, like, it seems like the ODST are, like, sort of, like, a little bit in the trenches more. Yeah. They get they're, they're more, getting dirtier. I was gonna say the Spartans are more special operate like special special operations. Like you're deciding the fate of the war, whereas right. like whereas like they, the ODST are, are keeping the war going. They're right. keeping the they're effort covertly yeah. doing things. You don't hear about them, but like you know, I, I feel like when you when like troopers see an ODST, they they do like note it. Like OD, yeah, yeah, yeah like oh yeah, like oh, like oh troopers, like mm-hmm. like almost as if they're like you know. It's not like they are like a branch Spartan, of the special like, operations. Yeah, they're like, yeah. they're, I feel like when Chief comes in, they're like, they're like, Master Chief, whoa, Master Chief, and the ODST like, whoa, ODST. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, oh shit, yeah. troopers, yeah, mm-hmm. like hell jumpers, yeah. Uh, the ODST perform highly specialized, small scale, high risk operations, including deep ground surveillance or long range reconnaissance, direct action, unconventional warfare, um, counter terrorism operations. Counter contraband operations and personnel and special equipment recovery and capture. So they were the Marines, basically. They're, the Marine, day, they're, they're, they're spec op. Marine. They're Green Berets. They're yeah. the yep. SEALs. They're your special ops. All wrapped up in one big bow. Yeah, right. the guys you don't hear about. Right. You don't see them whereas coming. The, you don't whereas hear about I feel them like, even. like, think about it. Like the Spartans. Like I feel like you want to know. You want they're to document heroes. the Spartans are on the battlefield. They're oh, yeah. morale boosters. They're they're like a totally different. But, I mean, thing. so Chief was the only Spartan in the last bit of the war. Right. That must have been a fucking buzzkill. To hear. <laughs> <laughs> like, to just hear all of them. What happened, Reach? What happened on Reach? Yeah, Covenant got there. <laughs> so how many got out? One. What? One? <laughs> well, not really. Well, well yeah. that's true. Well, sorry. But they, but they don't do they anything don't else in the war. Yeah. But do they do anything else to help the war effort from that point Linda, on? Linda, like, I don't think so. I think so. she's like Fred, a recovery. Like, like, all, all those Spartans that, like, are kind of, like, but then sort they just of, like, show up in Halo 5. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's really not, like, there's, they're, they're probably in books and stuff, but, like, <clears throat> they're probably in books and stuff, but, like, you don't. No, yeah, interesting. You don't hear about it in, in the, the, the games, thing, no. Yeah. You really got to go digging for, for information. All right, Gucci, are we going to set the stage? Let's set the stage. The year is 2552. Humanity is at war with an alien alliance known as the Covenant. We are losing. 
The Covenant have burned our worlds, killing billions in their genocidal campaign. Earth is our last bastion, a carefully guarded secret, but not anymore. A Covenant carrier has breached Earth's defenses and attacked the African megacity of New Mombasa. Initial reports confirm major damage and heavy civilian casualties. Now military leaders of the United Nations Space Command have prepared their response. Teams of highly trained orbital drop shock troopers are ready to assault the carrier from Navy ships in low orbit. This is a near suicidal mission, but these troopers are the best of the best, and saving New Mombasa could be the most important mission of the war. The date is October 20th, 2552, and Solomon Penance has just slip space jumped to Delta Halo. We are in the middle of Halo 2. We are on the night of that slip space jump. That is that is the day the game takes place. Hmm. So, I like very. I just I got chills reading that. That's great <laughs> stuff, man. That was really cool. <laughs> Even though I've read it, but yeah, that's you know the game such a it sets a such a tone, such a different tone. Um, and like I like you immediately feel that. I feel like once you drop out of the ship, yeah. But let's give you a synopsis of our first level. Prepare to drop. Uh, this is the, again, first level of the campaign. Uh, it does not contain actual gameplay, only the game's uh, partial interaction in the opening cinematic. Who's being who? Oh, I apologize. <laughs> he interrupted me. And introduces our team, Alpha 9. Yeah, we got to figure that out. Um, I'll, be, I'll be rookie. We're, I think we might have to double up. So we got Mickey. Me, rookie, rookie doesn't say anything. <laughs> we got Mickey, Dutch, Romeo, Dare, and Buck. Okay, I'll be Mickey and uh, Dutch. I'll be Buck. I'll be Veronica. Is there anyone else? I don't think so. I feel like we're gonna fuck this up. All right, we'll so I'm just. Gonna, I mean, Mickey only There's... has one line. I feel like right here, like he's. Okay, wait. Did someone say Romeo? I'll be Dare and Romeo. All right. Okay, I'm Bucky right now. I think Buck. Buck. Same thing. I'm Mickey yeah, and Dutch. Okay. View inside a ready room in the UNSC. Say my name. Interesting ship name. Say my name. Okay. Say my name, Drea. What? What? what say, used to say my that? name. What is that from? Like, isn't that like? Your Heisenberg. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Is that? Is that? Was that what it was? You're goddamn right. You're yeah. But was that? Right. So that was like they're just. No, I don't think that's what it's. Re- it's this not is, what this it's is re- before <laughs> Breaking Bad. Oh, was it? I, what yeah. was Breaking Bad? 2013? I would say 2010, 2011 when it started. By the way, to get back to your 2009 thing, I'm just saying we've been saying 20, like 11 longer than we ever said 2000 and something. So we're, we're 11 years into saying 20. So it makes sense that that's kind of stuck in your head. It was yeah. 2008. 2008 was yeah. Breaking Bad? First episode. I knew it. Yeah. But that, that wouldn't have happened. happened. Yeah, right. Course, that's yeah. like the last yeah. season. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, the rookie sleeps in front of a drop pod in the foreground while Mickey, Dutch, and Romeo are around a large hollow table on which uh, a hologram of Newman Bossa and the Prophet of Regrets assault carrier is displayed. The Navy put up a good fight. Of course they did. It's Earth. Better late than never. How about you show some respect, Romeo? Just saying, Dutch. They miss one. No, they left it for us. Romeo points an assault carrier. Sirens and lights begin to flare. A door into the room opens, and Gunnery Sergeant Edward Buck and Captain Veronica Dare enter. You know the music. Time to dance. The team cannot help but notice the attractive stranger with their commanding officer. Hello, beautiful. Bucky glances at Dare and then looks sternly at the squad. Pods, now. The ODST grabs their gear and start walking to their pods. Replacements? This many years into the war, who isn't? At least they listen. To me, and they're not going to like what they hear. Orders are orders. 
uh, Buck walks up to Dare. Come on, Veronica. What could be more important than that carrier? Dare pokes Buck in the chest. My, my orders and Buck call me Captain. I'll pass on. I'll pass on that dance, and you can show me where to sit. Dare pushes past Buck towards the pods. Buck sighs. Uh, cut to the rest of the team who are gearing up. Hey, what the hell kind of armor was she wearing? Don't know, Mickey. I wasn't looking at her gear. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, he was. Dutch examines a silenced M7 SMG. <laughs> Seriously? Well, gonna be close quarters. Romeo grabs an M90 shotgun and offers it to Dutch. Exactly. Dutch shoves the shotgun away, glancing over Romeo's soldier. So, Romeo's soul, shoulder. Dutch shoves the shotgun away, glancing over Romeo's soul, shoulder. That's Holy tough, shit. dude. It's all right. That's tough one, yeah. Romeo turns to see Dare and Buck walk into the scene. Second to last, right next to mine. Cozy. Buck overhears and approaches Romeo. You gonna tell us her name, Gunny? Ms. Naval Intelligence. Oh. Our new boss. Oh, but Jesus. Oh, brother. So check your mouths. Find your chairs. Buck takes a shotgun from Romeo's hand and puts it back onto the rack and angrily shoves a sniper rifle into his hands instead. And gets set for a combat drop. What the hell am I supposed to do with this inside a Covenant ship? Cut to Rookie still asleep next to his pod. Romeo walks up to him and hits him with the, his sniper rifle's butt. Cut to Romeo. Uh, cut to Rookie's point of view as he wakes up. <clears throat> Wake up, Buttercup. Dutch Ro passes Romeo away. Relax, Wait. Rookie. Wait, was I? Dutch pushes Romeo away. Sorry. Here you go. Relax, Rookie. He don't mean nothing. Besides, now the now's one of those times it paid. Whoa, hold on. Sorry. Relax, Rookie. He don't mean nothing. Besides, now's now's one of those times it pays to be the strong, silent type. He's not like that southern, but he, okay. I'm going yeah. extra southern. Well, I got to differentiate between him and okay, Mickey. Okay, true. Mickey's like, kind of like this. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, yeah. <laughs> du Dutch hands an M M7 SMG to Rookie, who attaches it to its pod weapon rack and positions himself on the seat. The pod's hatch closes, and the platform from which all the pods are hanging descends into the launch bay. One of the hatches closes, and the player is free to look around. Buck and Dare uh, appear on the pod's view screens. Latest intel reports the Covenant troops are massing beneath the carrier. They're pulling back? Why? We're not going to find out. We're not going to find out way up here. Uh, and we get our classic uh, difficulty differentiator, but this time instead of from Johnson, it's from Buck. So on easy and normal. Troopers, we're green and very, very mean. <laughs> Jesus Christ. On heroic. Yeah. <sighs> Pucker up, Marines. I sure as hell ain't hosting out our what does that say? Hosing out your pods. Po oh. Pucker Pucker up, Marines. I sure as hell ain't hosing out your pods. And then legendaries, we're dropping into hell, troopers. Time to grow a pair. The pods drop away from the ship, uh, punctuated by a countdown uh, sound before the rookie's pod detaches. His pod exits the launch bay and into an expansive view of low Earth orbit. The tether of Numabasa orbital elevator can be seen in the background, surrounded by multiple destroyed UNSC ships. Orbital Operational vessels prowl um, amongst the wreckage. A thick cloud cover... A thick cloud cover below the pod stretches to the horizon. The pod passes close to several destroyed... Uh, Karen-class light frigates during their descent. I take it back. Navy got its butt kicked. Hey, Romeo, remember when I told you to shut your mouth? Yeah. Consider that a standing order. The pods reach the cloud layer. Captain, 
15 clicks off the deck. The screen flashes white as Rookie Pods falls through the cloud layer. The city of New Mombasa and the, the assault carrier above it come into view. Stand by to adjust trajectory. On my mark. What'd she just say? Mark, the squad's pods veer off to a new course. We're way off course. We're heading exactly where I need to go. But we're going to miss the carrier. A stream of energy flickers across the carrier's hull. Radiation. A slipspace rusher op opens uh, before the carrier and rapidly expands, creating a crater uh, on the ground below it. Covenant just set off a nuke. The UNSC and Amber Clyde can be seen mo moving towards the carrier. No, the carrier's gonna jump. It's a slipspace rupture. We need to... Dare is cut off as, as the carrier's disappearance into the rupture, taking the in Amber Clyde with it and Master Chief and releasing a massive explosion and shockwave. EMP, losing power. Stabilize and pop your chutes. We're going in hard. Mickey's pod slams into rookies, cracking the window inside of the pod. I don't think I realized that's what happens. I yeah. all, the screen, all the screens turn red with warnings before the EMP fires, uh, fries the pod systems. The rookie grabs onto handhold as his pod plummets into freefall without a chute to slow it. Screen goes black. That is prepare to drop. A little bit of trivia for you guys. The name of the level was used as promotional as the promotional tagline for the game. This is the only level without any form of the superintendent. Which we'll get into later. This is the only level in which Dare wears her helmet. Which is a recon helmet, by the way. Which yeah. I think is just a major reference to the fact that recon was a thing in Halo 3. Yeah. Definitely. Hmm. Yeah. When starting this level on Legendary, if you look far left in the rookie's pod... Just as it exits the launch bay, you can see a picture of a girl, possibly the rookie's girlfriend or a relative. This may expand upon the rookie's origins or simply as an Easter egg. The person in the image is actually a male Bungie employee edited to be a woman. Nice. Uh, the location of the slip space rupture and much of New Mombasa's aesthetic, aesthetic, aesthetic appear, uh, appearance are changed from Halo 2. Interesting. And I didn't, I didn't notice this like the first couple times I played this. So uh, the UNSC in Amberclad makes an appearance. You need to look toward the right side of the carrier. Eventually, the ship will fly into the view very small. It goes into the slip space rupture with the carrier. I never noticed it the first time. I didn't notice it either. All right, our next level, Mombasa Street, which we will be returning to a lot, but we won't be like act treating it like a level yeah. from here on out. It's just the first part that we're going to be treating like a level. Um, this is the second campaign level of Halo 3 ODST and serves as the hub, an open world environment used uh, to access the flashback missions, and it is set in New Mum Basa. The Rookie occupied city center six hours after drop. So the Rookie, his pod crashes and he blacks out. Mm -hmm. um, let's give our dossier on our main character, our first new character that is not the Arbiter. Uh, dossier Lance Corporal Rookie Serial number 11282-31220-JD I assume JD stands for John Doe Yeah I think I Because he doesn't have a name it. Yeah Interesting Yeah They just don't give him a name No Because no. it's supposed to be you I guess is the idea Right, right? That's kind of like what they, they did They expand upon him though Oh yeah do they? So uh, the rookie was a human junior in, A human junior enlisted man Who served with the UNSC Marine Corps During the Human Covenant Roar War. Rookie was trained as an, a member of the elite ODSTs early in his career, serving with the 105th uh, Shock Troops Division at New Jerusalem. Later, he was chosen by Gunnery Sergeant Buck for a new team uh, for a team to aid the Office of Naval Intelligence in New Mombasa, uh, in Kenya during the Battle of Earth. 
like Spartan B312 and Fireteam Crimson, the rookie is intended to be a faceless character for the player to integrate themselves into so that they may experience the campaign in a much more first-hand manner. His face has never been seen and his voice is never heard aside from grunts and groans. The Wow, I predicted this. I didn't even... Yeah, I, for, I forgot I, I thought that's what you were referencing. The rookie's but... initials, JD, are assumed to stand for John Doe, a typical placeholder name given to a male uh, when his true identity is unknown or withheld. Some <laughs> trivia. The rookie's enlistment date is July 7th, 2547. This is a reference to Bungie Day, which is the seventh day of the seventh month. Um, when viewing uh, objectives with the visor, the rookie picture... Shows his rank to be a recruit, but is actually Lance Corporal. The rookie is often seen asleep. Minutes before he was dropped into a new Mabasa, he napped by his pod while the rest of the squad conversed. Upon crashing in the city, he remained unconscious for six hours, one month after his mission to New Mabasa, uh, while the rest of the squad and, and Sergeant Major Johnson interrogate Virgil. He is seen sleeping beneath the staircase. He deserves a rest, man. God sakes. Let him sleep. Let the man sleep. He's not getting much. Would somebody like to read this? We'll continue for a little bit. The rookie slowly opens his eyes in his pod. There is static interference in his visor and multiple cracks in his pod's windows. The screens that are still working are filled with static, and two Covenant Phantoms fly in the background. Shortly after the dropships pass, the rookie activates four explosive bolts to release his pod door open, which you don't do in co-op. It just pops right open. Hmm. Ah, Yeah, they just pop right open. For whatever reason, I don't know why... But hmm. this is the tutorial for this game. Obviously, I, in other Halos, you skip it when you do co-op. Um, the pod is on the edge of a short building, but having no other choice, the rookie hops out only to fall about 15 feet to the ground, injuring him slightly. Injuring him slightly. Just so 15, slightly. Yeah. Them hell jumpers, man. what a 15-foot drop would feel like. If he, I mean, you could probably roll out of that. You'd still most likely break your legs. Yeah. You think? Yeah. Well, I mean, other, I if you well, if you hit, if you I'm just, really asking, if you jumped and rolled, you might break an ankle. You'd mm-hmm. probably be fine. But if you just jumped onto the ground, <laughs> yeah, like what would be the best way You're, to drop actually, 15 feet? Like how? So, like tuck and roll. Tuck you you got to hit the ground and roll into it. That's the best way. That's the only way you can really do it without break. I saw a video. Do you, I would like to try to do that. There's your mom. There's this podcast called like, Your Mom's House. It's Tom Segura's podcast, and he literally okay. showed this video the other day of this guy. He like jumped off the roof of a house and like he lit. I can't even. I don't even know how to describe it. Like he hits and his le- like everything just straightens out and he's like and like it like. <laughs> I gotta show you the video sometime. It's the most awful. Like what was he thinking? I'm like I'm like I would you like, could truly injure yourself. I would like to that jump height. like maybe like six feet and like see what I could do. Like like is that hard to like roll into? Like I've never done. Well, yeah. six feet you could probably jump and be like and kind of go right. down regularly. Super landing, but right. like. Yeah, with 10 feet or above, you need to roll that out. Right. And you'd still probably break your leg. <laughs> or, or your ankle, I should Good say. Good combo. Glad yeah. we had it. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, did we, our visor? Sure. Yeah, go for uh, it. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, we'll talk about the health pack and visor tutorials. Uh, the visor, V-I-S-R uh, for short, uh, is the Visual Intelligence System Reconnaissance. That's a very weird name. I, Just call it visor. No, I know, but you I'm would surprised. Never say the actual no, name. no, I know, but it, <laughs> so it doesn't But matter. it makes sense. Like I feel like it would make more sense to be the visual intelligence reconnaissance system, but it doesn't line up with Vers. visor. So that, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's what what uh, the or the abbreviated visor is pro, uh, is proprietary. Proprietary. Pro, pro, uh, proprietary. Proprietary integrated data management system incorporated into the helmets of the orbital drop shock 
troopers. After our tutorials, we can freely head out into the night to explore the city and find our team. Throughout this whole game, we are going to be interacting with the city's AI, which is known as the superintendent. It's hard to say, like, we'll get into the superintendent later in the game, but, like, you interact with the superintendent a lot. It's kind of directing you all the time. It's the thing, please walk yep it, that it yeah. is guiding you this so whole it's like time. an ai that controls this that operates the city right yeah. and like anytime like you're hearing like a phone go off or like noise like it's guiding you that's the superintendent is actually watching you and hmm. and guiding you throughout the game interesting it's kind of like something like you don't really think about but like once you point it out it's like oh that's and especially when you get to them oh that kind of how did i not notice this right. yeah so the superintendent is the second generation dumb artificial intelligence in charge of making sure the urban infrastructure of new mombasa runs smoothly it is also apparently used for the m nmpd the new mombasa police department to observe people and record their conversations through cameras interesting wow. yeah that's Nice. The superintendent's data center, data center is located deep below the city with its main core residing under a shaft connected to the Oni Alpha site on the surface. As, as we said before, this is the open world. There's not necessarily a correct way to get from objective to objective. We're going to be referencing things that happen in the open world, but like... Again, you for, could experience them at any time, sort of. Almost, right. right, going yeah. level to level is not really important per se, unless like like I know after Buck's thing, there is something that happens that introduces you to the engineers, and I'm yeah. like, okay, I want to jot this down. But like again, you're fighting troops as you're moving from basically level to level. Absolutely, so, Numa Boss is the in between level, the hub level. And this is the only time we're really going to be talking about it. But we'll probably be talking about it as we're playing. You know, it's it's the... It'll it's come the, up. It's the world we're going to be in a lot. And, like, the atmosphere, you know, it's it's dark. It's raining. It's, you know, we haven't seen Halo like this before. So it's going to come up, I'm sure. Eventually, the rookie finds the recon helmet embedded in a monitor. He reviews it from the screen and changes to one of the superintendent's cameras, focusing on the SOEIV pod. Superintendent on screen. Motor vehicle crash. Searching an NMPD database. No match. The camera then refocuses on the window that the rookie is standing at. Superintendent. Lost and found item. Uh, the view switches back to the rookie looking out the window. And we get a flashback. You're going to tell us her name, Gunny? Ms. Naval Intelligence. Our new boss. Oh, brother. So check your mouths, find your chairs, and get set for a combat drop. Fades to black. The level tur... How do you guys say this? Tayari? Yeah, Tayari. Tayari Plaza begins. Tayari or Tayari? You know what I always called in my head? Like, Tarai. It's not how it's spelled. This is like... Decadations? Yes. Whatever makes you remember it, you know? Yes. Just saying, like, words completely wrong, but, like, especially, like... There's certain words... Like, in Kingdom Hearts 1 when I was a kid, Orkulum. I called it Orkulum as a kid. It's Ork. Or calcum, you actually oh, no, said it that way. Yeah, no, that's not like, what I it's assume, not orkulum. Yeah. It's or or, or calcum, calcum or, or calchum. Like I've heard mm -hmm. laudanum, laudanum, or yeah, it's laudanum in in laudanum. Fuck, laudanum. Yeah, in I would always, yeah, I would always say I would I always exactly. say laudanum or like I have like <laughs> an laudanum. Laudanum. Yeah, these words like you never hear anyone say. It's like no. how, do you, how do you say that like these words? <laughs> Give me some laudanum. So let's get into some trivia before we begin our next level. This is the first non-linear open world level ever 
in a Halo game. Oh shit. And oh, it's the shit. largest open environment Bungie has ever created for a campaign. On this level, there are several uh, graffiti tags reading Believe, perhaps a reference to the extensive marketing campaign, which we talked about in Halo 3 of the same name. There's other graffiti in the city, uh, some of which will read, you loot, I shoot, hell on earth, twilight of man. Kinsler is a thug, UNSC equals liars, fascist, remember reach, militia ain't worth spit, we're next, and glass this. Does that make you guys kind of feel There's good the about Destiny things? Easter egg, too. Did you forget about that one? There was a poster. What? Yeah, it, was, it, it's changed in the Master Chief collection. Oh. It said, yeah, they changed it. Okay. It used what, to was say, it Destiny poster? Yeah, it was said, it says, like, Destiny awaits, and it was Earth. Like, oh. the poster, it said Destiny awaits, and that was the big Destiny teaser. Now it's just for her. Hmm. They had that game cooking that long ago? Yeah. Apparently. Wow. I mean, I guess they were going to move off Halo, so I guess they were thinking about it. But again, that ends episode 18 of Re3's Trio. Guys, thank you so much for listening along with us on our Halo journey. We will be continuing on with the next two uh, levels of Halo 3 ODST, so please be sure to follow and play along with us. It's a lot of fun. You can find this podcast everywhere podcasts are found. Just search Delco Nerd Network. We are on all your favorite social medias at Delco Nerds. We have a nice Discord channel where we sometimes discuss Halo and sometimes discuss other things. Uh, you can find all this information on our website, DelcoNerdNetwork.com. You can email us. Uh, DelcoNerds at gmail.com with your comments, questions, or concerns. For Chris, for Gooch, I've been Trio. Thanks for listening. Stay nerdy, guys, and we will see you next time.